The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we get into things, I'd just like to give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Our special guest on the show this week is Cork Camogie manager Matthew Toomey, who joins us to talk about Cork's recent loss in the very Camogie League Division 1A final to Galway. It extends an unwanted record that now reads as four consecutive losses in major finals for Toomey's team. So we'll hear his thoughts on that later on, along with what his focus is now for the rest of the year. But first, Kieran, not to be all doom and gloom on the podcast, but it's not been the best time to be a Cork fan in recent weeks with some disappointing results for all teams, really. And the under-20s lost to Kerry in the Munster final on Monday. With the final score there, Cork 1-6, Kerry 2-12. And I want to start with the two goals for Kerry. They came in the first four minutes and it was just a hammer blow for, for Cork. Yeah, those first two goals were actually in the first three and a half minutes still. And I think less than 200 seconds had elapsed and Kerry had 2-1 on the on the scoreboard. And it just left Cork reeling on Monday night up up, up in Parky Cueve. And that Kerry start, it just sucked the air out of the... Cork challenge and for whatever reason for whatever reason Cork just never got back into the game they never got the grips with the game and Kerry looked comfortable from very very early on and the, the stats they just don't make it easy reading and I wrote about it on the, the Star website on Monday night with our match report there Cork kicked 1-6 in total that goal came in injury time um, Cork scored 1-3 from play and again that goal is an in injury time Cork kicked 1 point from play in the first half and sub Niall Kelly from Newcastle who came on at halftime, he scored the other one two from play. So that means only one Cork starting player scored from play in the entire game. And that was Gabriel Rangers, Paddy O'Driscoll. Whereas Cork scored one three from play in total, Kerry got two ten from play. So straight away there, you can see some of the, the glaring problems or issues in the in, in the Cork team on Monday night just didn't carry um, any threat whatsoever up front and just did that carry start again it just knocked the stuffing out of Cork and they never looked likely um, coming back okay there was missed Cork chances um, there was two, two, uh, two early on the cornerback drilled one wide Pedro Driscoll skewed one um, off to the right there was a I think um was it Cunningham had a had a chance late in the first half. There was a couple of chances late in the in, in the second half. And Cork needed a goal. The game needed a goal because once Kerry built up that lead, they were just comfortable from from, from then on. 
And this is a Kerry team that I think Cork could have got at. It doesn't strike me right now. Maybe I, I, I'll eat my words of Kerry win the All-Ireland. Um, it doesn't strike me that this is a, a great Kerry under-20 under football team. Would you just take into account that the chances that, that, that Cork missed and Kerry, okay, they won by double scores. Um, but just, yeah, just very, very disappointing from a Cork point of view. We spoke beforehand last week on the podcast um, ahead of the game just a little bit about the fact the game was on in Parky Cueve and that, that we thought that might give Cork a little bit of, a, of an edge, a little bit of an advantage. Do you think with those two goals coming so early, aside from kind of killing the team, it just like killed the, the atmosphere, the home atmosphere there, I imagine would have been kind of difficult to come back from that as well. Yeah, there was over 3,000 fans. I think 3,205 was the official attendance. But sometimes in Parky Cueve, when a game ends out the way it did, the, the attendance just gets swallowed up. Like there, there's very little atmosphere there. Okay, okay it's a huge ground and you've, you have a small crowd there. But just the, the, the car crowd, there was nothing to get behind. You you had nothing to just to, just to rouse the rebels in, in the stands and, and get them going. That's because, again, Kerry had that quick start. They went seven points up. The closest... Cork got was five points, and that was after a couple of minutes. I think it was um it was two one to two points. But then William shined for Kerry to carry foot forward. He got two long range frees and it just pushed the lead back out. And it was just it stayed at that almost solid five, six, seven points all the way through until Kerry just tagged on point after point in the in the second half and, and they just pulled clear. So like the that home advantage was it was a raise straight away with that Kerry start. Um, why Cork started so slowly? Why did Kerry start so fast? And that's for the, the management teams to evaluate. But Cork were opened up far too easily in, in those opening couple of minutes. Like that first Kerry goal came after, was it 23, 24 seconds straight from the throw in? Um, Keen McMahon was, was there to finish it off, but there was no challenge laid on, the, on the, the, the Kerry runner coming through. It was just far too easy. It was far too easy for Kerry in those opening stages. And once Cork got the grips a bit with the with, with Kerry and once Cork did create some of their own chances, they just didn't take them. I saw GA Statsman on Twitter, he had um, he the stats up after the game and I think Cork's score and efficiency was 33% or their conversion rate, while Kerry's was 55 or 57. So um and like I said earlier, just look at what Kerry scored from play 210 compared to what Cork scored 13 it's just it's it's another it's another tough one for Cork football to take. Obviously, coming so soon off the back of the the, the senior footballers losing to to Clare, um, just a disappointing night at the office. Just just on the seniors, we'll find out this weekend whether it's the Semaguara Cup or the Taunton Cup. Hopefully, in Touchwood, it, it looks like it will be the Semaguara Cup, and the draw for that will be held next Tuesday. So we could have some big games to look forward to for the for the Cork senior footballers and. If that does happen, it'll almost put the other 20 footballers, it'll it'll bury that story, which, which it shouldn't, because this was just a, another disappointing performance from a from a Cork under, underage team. And you're you're looking at, at, at that group and talking to Bobby O'Dwyer after, like he made the point that no young fella goes out to, to, to give a performance like that. And it was just a malfunction. It was a bad day at the office for, for this Cork team. But you're you're still looking at that Cork under 20 team and you're saying, okay, who can the Cork seniors take from this to bring into their panel in, in, in the years to come? And what that performance on on, uh, on, on Monday won't done, have done any of them any, any favours. We know that they're better than that. Like there was there was shots dropping short in the first half from fellas who you would usually pop them over. So there was goal chances being missed from fellas who could who could usually put them over. Maybe it was that step up in class 
Cork got tested against Limerick eight days earlier in the semi-final, whereas Clare really pushed Kerry that other semi-final that went to, went to extra time. So maybe that stood to Kerry. Maybe they were more battle-hardened because Cork were like rabbits in the headlights in those first couple of minutes. They were caught up in that fast Kerry start and they just never recovered. Yeah, a bad day at the office, but hopefully a flash in the pan for a lot of those players like you mentioned there. And moving on just now to Connor Howerhan, the abandoned man was named in this season's League One Team of the Year for his exploits with Derby. And he's been crucial in pushing them back towards the championship. I think they're currently occupying sixth place in League One, which would be the last promotion place. Uh, there's two games left there and Peterborough are right behind them. So, Kieran, he's um on paper, it's kind of a step down from the like he was previously couple of seasons in the championship bit of a step down to league one but he seems to be thriving um Connor Howerhan this year yeah he's, he seems to kind of found his mojo again uh, this season Connor if you go back to the couple of seasons previous where he was with Aston Villa but he, he, he went out on loan a couple of times um including the Swans eh, when they when they got to the championship playoff final two seasons ago he went, he went out again on loan and um, I think it was the season after after that was a Sheffield United. He was he was alone with as well, but for whatever reason, it just didn't take off for him at those clubs. So he was a free agent last summer, and he decided to sign with with Derby County. So okay, he stepped down from stepped down to League One, like he was up in the Premier League with Villa. He done his two loan spells in the Championship, but almost to to get going again, he came down to League One. In fairness to him, like he has, he has had a very good season. He's seven goals and ten assists in the the Derby County midfield, and he's the only Derby player to make that EFL um, team of the season that was announced and honoured last Sunday night in London. So I think the fact that he was picked in this team, it's recognition that Conor Horan has had a very good season for for Derby. They're not finished yet, like you said, Dylan. They're just inside the promotion spots, and um, there's two games left. And they're playing this Saturday. I think it's a Portsmouth, and then they could be away, or either home or away to Sheffield Wednesday. Then the following weekend in their final game, and that's going to be a tough game because the Owls themselves are are scrapping to try and get one of those automatic playoff spots. So that's going to be a, a tough game for Derby. But they're but they're right in in the hunt right now, and Connor has been a, a big reason for that. So it would be great to see Derby get into the promotion, get into the playoffs, because Connor is a fellow who knows the playoffs inside out. He's been there so many times before. He won promotion in the playoff final as capped with Barnsley back in 2016. He won promotion with Villa in 2019 um, when they won the championship final. Ironically, beaten Derby that year, if, I, if I'm if i recalling correctly. And he's also lost two playoff finals as well. So he knows all about the lottery of, of, the, of the, the playoffs. But just back to his own form for a second, it was noticeable in the last Ireland games, he wasn't in the squad. He, he was dropped from the squad. So Stephen Kinney didn't go with, with Conor Horahan. Um, but what a board like this does, it just puts him back in the shop. Window small bit again, sure. Look, I've I've had a good season. I've played 49 games for, for, for Derby altogether, seven goals, 10 assists. So he's doing a job for Derby. So whether he gets back into the Ireland squad or not, we just have to have to have to wait and see. But it's been a, a good season so far for Connor, and that's he's getting his place in the team of the year. It kind of it's recognition of that. Yeah, just on the the Ireland squad thing there for for a second as well. Like you'd imagine, he's probably the next first choice. Joe, you know, if somebody was to get injured, like I'm just thinking of people like Jeff Hendrick, who um are kind of he he's playing for Reading, I think, at the moment in the championship, and he's playing loads for them as well. But 
his performances for Ireland kind of a little bit like Connor's haven't been maybe up to the standard that, that he wants and I would imagine that that um Harahan would be kind of next in line to to step in you think so like I think Connor probably admit himself that he's just for whatever reason with Ireland he just hasn't been able to transfer his club form over the years in, into the into into the into an, an Ireland jersey for, for whatever reason that is um, he's 32 years of age now, so he's coming towards that later stage of his career. And he's spoken before, um, to even to, to you, Dylan, for our, our Christmas special about even venturing into the coaching side of things. He's, he's doing his badges with coaching because he knows that like his playing days won't go on forever. So he is at that stage of his career. So maybe that's what Stephen Kinney is looking at, bringing in some of the, the younger guns who, who will be there for longer. What Connor does have, he's great experience. He's a great attitude. He's uber professional. Even go back to his days when he was playing with Douglas Hall. I remember talking to one of his trainers saying like that, that Connor did everything right. And that's when he was what, 13, 14, 15. When it comes to his hydration, his food, he was just uber professional from the very, very start. So he would he he, he would and he does bring that professional attitude um, with him when he's in the Ireland setup. And he's always loved in for Ireland. So if Stephen, uh, Stephen Kinney rang him in the morning to get a flight over to Ireland that evening, Connor would do that. You know, like he um, he still feels, I think, that he has something to offer Ireland. So we just have to wait and see how that pans out over the over the over the next couple of months. But he can't do any more than what he's doing with Derby at the moment. Like he's got picked on the League One team of the season. Like I said, his his stats are fairly good: ten assists and seven goals from midfield uh, this year. And what he's moved to Derby has allowed him is to play regularly again for the first time in a couple of seasons. Like he's almost 50 games under his belt this season. And it's been a it's been a while since Connor has had that run of games, that consistent run of games that that's helped helped his form and helped him to rediscover the form that almost shot him to prominence in the first place and that took him up to the Premier League. So he's done a lot of things right this season. But whether we'll see him back in the green of Ireland again, I think that's that's up to Stephen Kinney and how the how the next couple of games pan out. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, for them. Like we said, they're they're two points ahead of Peterborough with two games left. So it is in their hands. I was just looking at Peterborough's uh, fixtures there. They're playing Bristol Rovers and Barnsley, uh, which would be two kind of easier games, let's say, than, than Derby have. So they do need to, they need Connor and they need the rest of the Irish lads who are there as well to, to step up over the next two games. So fingers crossed for them. Just moving on to some more local uh, soccer news now. And we have, the two finalists for the Beamish Cup, uh, we have their names. There was a semi-final double header in Skibbereen on Sunday and Dunmanway Town and Bunratty United have set up the cup final showdown, which takes place on May 21st. Kieran, they'd both be looking forward to that one. Yeah, they'd both be looking forward for their chance to get their hands on the Beamish Cup. And I think the... The, the added carrot to that is that the game is on in Turner's Cross on Sunday, May 21st with a 2pm kickoff there. So it's a great chance for two West Cork League teams to go to the home of a Premier Division side like Cork City and play in a cup final. Like the Beamish Cup is the, the prestigious competition here in the in the West Cork League. I know we DFA Cup semi-finals last weekend, but I think the action in the in the Beamish Cup didn't um, the semi-finals was more exciting than what we saw in Wembley on on Sunday when United and Brighton struggled to a nil all draw after 120 minutes. 
but the two Beamish Cup semis were decided within regulation time. So first we had to amend my town, David Castletown Celtic 2-0, thanks to two second half goals. Mark Buckley um, converted a penalty in the 66th minute. And then young Owen Buckley, only 19, he came on and he's holding true to the cup final. And Dunman may have a great history with the Beamish Cup. They won it in 2020 and 2021, and they were going for three in a row last year, but their, their bid was ended. And Dunman may have also won the Beamish Cup five times, and their their veteran or experienced player, whatever you want to call him, Stephen O'Donovan, has been part of all of those five Beamish Cup wins. So he's going for a sixth Beamish Cup title. Standing in Stephen and, and Dunmanway's way is Bunrat United, who beat Togar Celtic 3-1 in the second semi-final in Skibbereen last weekend. And on goal, get Bunrat to lead. Robbie Lucy equalised for Togar, but goals in the second half from Colin Cleary and from the penalty spot and from Killian O'Brien saw Bunrat um get their 3-1 win and get through to the final. And these are also some of the top teams in the Premier Division as well. So the cream has risen to the to the very top here with two really good teams. And it's a, it really is a cup final to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, that's on the 21st of May in Turner's Cross at 2pm, like Kieran said. So that's one to look forward to. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a moment and we'll hear from Cork Camogie Manager, Matthew Toomey. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. So, Kieran, our guest on the podcast this week is Cork Camogie Manager Matthew Toomey. You caught up with him earlier on in the week to chat just a little bit about Cork's recent uh, Division 1A final defeat to Galway and as well about the this the rest of the season ahead how was Matthew? It's uh, just over well, well over a week I know from Cork losing the Division 1A final to Galway and you could hear the disappointment still in, in Matthew's voice and it's it's for good reason too that's four major finals in a row now that, that Cork the Cork Senior Camogie team have lost the 2021 20, and 22 All-Ireland finals and the last two league finals, both to Galway, and and just to be fair to Matthew, like he's only the manager since the start of 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 last season. He wasn't in charge when when Cork lost the twenty twenty one All Ireland final, and that was previous manager Paddy Murray. But still, there is an unwanted trend after developing here that Cork are coming up short in in major finals. They're so so close, but as of now, they just haven't taken that next step. Because it to choose between the top three teams, you've Galway, you've Kilkenny, and you've Cork. But Cork are in third place at the moment because unlike Galway and Kilkenny the last couple of years, they just haven't won any major silverware. And you'll hear from, from Matthew quite soon. He even narrows it down to the last quarter of games. And in terms of Southern Star, I have a piece on it just showing that in the second half of nearly all of these games, Cork have been ahead at some point, but they just haven't closed it out. So Cork know that they're so, so close to taking that, that next step and getting where, where they want to be, but they haven't taken it yet. So it's going to be an interesting summer ahead, an interesting championship. And and Matthew says, judging on where Cork are in August, not on the results on, in April. And I think that's very fair. That's very fair. It's the All-Ireland Championship that Cork want to win. And hopefully they can 
they, they, they can do their they, they, they can bring bring back the O'Duffy Cup for the first time since 2018. But before we go to the All Ireland Championship, the Munster Championship kicks off or throws in this Sunday. Cork take on Waterford in a Munster quarterfinal in Parky Cueve. That's a 130 throw in, and that's actually part of a double header with the uh, the Munster Men's Senior Hurling Championship game between the same two counties at four o'clock in. In, in Parky Creeve. So it's a, it's a great occasion. It, there's a lot of double headers in Munster this year. There's six double headers between um, ladies football, Camogie, and uh, the, the Munster men's and, and hurling competition. So that's great to see. But, and there's a but, Dylan, what it's doing again, it's thrown up this this dual fixture clash and it happens every season now and we're sick of talking about it and the managements are sick of talking about it and the players are certainly sick of talking about it. So what we have, we have four Cork Jewel players this year, including our own Libby Coppinger from St. Columns. You also have Hannah Looney, you also have Orla Cahillan from Era Og, and you Aoife Healy as well. So there are four players who play both ladies football and camogie with Cork. But on Sunday, while Cork are playing their opening Munster Camogie Championship game, the Cork ladies footballers are playing their opening Munster ladies football championship game away to care, away to Tipperary in care. That's a two o'clock throw in. So you have one game at half one on Sunday, two other game at two o'clock. Something has to give. And it's also unfortunate for the players again that they won't get the chance to play for four teams. Matches we're going to talk about it in the podcast chat coming up. But like I said, you're just kind of sick and tired about these fixture clashes. Um, why can't the associations or the, the, the provincial bodies come together? And maybe the just for an example, the the Cork and Tipperary game could have been moved to the to the Saturday, perhaps, maybe just to just to give these players a chance to play for 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 both teams. But um, common sense wasn't used this time. But as you you'll hear from Matthew Force, we start talking about Cork's recent league final to to Galway and the learnings that he's taken from it. So, Matthew, you've had a chance now to digest the league final loss to Galway. What are your takeaways from the game now? Um, I suppose, look, there was, there was a big kind of sense of disappointment after the game um, for a couple of days. Uh, we had um, a meeting with the uh, management last week. And we spent a good few hours at it. And then we met the players before we started our training. And I suppose, look, we think... When we were in the right track, it was just a point loss. We, we we created a lot of chances, which is probably part of the thing we said, said in January that we wanted to create more chances because I think we were restricting ourselves a bit last year. And um, we our conversion rates just in the last quarter let us down big time to know the opportunities to I suppose get back into the game and, and, and nearly drive it home, but we didn't take them. And to know like when you're opposition like that, it, it catches you. To know on the day itself, then you're looking at like you're down Ashley Thompson. Nina Matthew, Hannah Looney, and Orla Conan. Like we only got her on the last 10 minutes. So, in days gone by, if we were short of four of them, it wouldn't even be competitive. We were competitive. Look, are we trying to put it last minute? Of course we are. Like we have to take the positives out of it. Um, but at the same time, it's a disappointment to lose. Like, but if we don't learn from it, um, I know this is our fourth final, like, but if, if we don't learn from it, from the mistakes we made, so we, 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 as a management, we shouldn't be here. Like, You'd have touched it there, Matthew, the fourth final. This is the was Cork have come so close to Major Silver in the last few few seasons, but you have come up short in the last four finals, two in the league and two in the Art Ireland. How can the management and the players turn this around? Um, I suppose look, no one feels the pain more than what we do. Like, you know, when when the dressing room the last four times, like um it's been horrific. Um we try to change things every time. 
probably slightly like uh, like I suppose just the last two finals probably hurt the most the way, the way we lost the All Ireland final and the way we lost the league final. Um, look, I suppose we just manned up to work ourselves. Um, like it was a big change of system from last year to this year. Like we are, our, our, our tactics, everything is totally different. Um, that takes time to bid in, like. But at the same time, you know, like with with the girl Michelle O'Connor, she's a sports psychologist. Similar, she's excellent. She, like you know, she she's going to be valuable part of the management. This from no one. Um, but I I, I like it's it's a different kind of a feeling when when you kind of sit down and and, and analyze it yourself and, and get the players to analyze it. But like it's like we're not that far away from it. Like I, I know the consistency getting the four finals was was great. Like but look, it's 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 at nothing if we don't go on and win one. Um, but look. We, we, will, we will have to change a few things but we're not pressing the panic button yet like you said there like there's, there's great consistency about this Cork team you have got to the last four finals if you look at the score lines from those four finals it's a puck of a ball or two between the teams it's it's that tight between uh, Galway, Cork and Kilkenny at the moment but like I said just to, to take that final step is, is it just a concern that you haven't managed to take it so far or have you seen enough signs match you to kind of to know and feel confident that that next step will happen soon there's no doubt about it. Um, like the, 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 I suppose the main factor in there is because of the players. They're, they're just unbelievable. And, and you know, even they're talking to them on the, on the Monday and Tuesday after the game. Like, obviously, again, yeah, disappointment was there. Like, but, like, it, it's it's not kind of a case that we're kind of waiting for it to happen. Like, we, we have to do something about it. Like, you know, um, um, like, we're, we're every game, of, of like, every one of these games, it come, it's coming down to the last quarter. It's just... It's as simple as that. Like we've been in the game, like during you know, last year's league final, even though we were a very much a team in transition, and I know that's a favourite word of a lot of people, but we were like we, we were changing on when David got involved. Um, we were six points up in twenty minutes to go. Like the other day, we were two points up with fifteen minutes to go. The 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 Kilkenny game, we were two points up with three minutes to go. Um, so it's just this last quarter, just getting that rootless stuff, like to to put teams away. Um. It, it, as I say, it is something we we like we, we look at since January that we want to, you know, get that rootless streak. Um, and we thought we were going well up to, up to the, the the league final because that the last Galway game wasn't a major concern because I suppose look we were trying out different things, but it's just that final again, and, you know. But we we hope we have to kind of stick it. Like we're supposed to start the year, you pretend like you didn't want to win the league. That, that's that's rubbish. Like, but like it, it wasn't a priority. Like we were just trying to embed in in these new tactics and new new system of play. So it's it's like I I, I hope to be judged then in August rather than in, in April. Putting the league final result aside, there and you touched it there as well, Matthew, with the the implementation of new tactics. Have you got out of the league what you wanted to get out of it? We we have like a, every player on the panel has played. Um, part the injured girls, no, obviously, but um, we, like. As I say, it's a big change in what we're doing. Um, there's a lot more freedom there, but with with that freedom, you have a lot of responsibility as well at the same time. Um, but I look, it's, it's kind of there's another year into it. Like the likes of um, Fiona Keating and Saoirse McCarthy and all these lads, they're like they're a year old or a year wiser, and look, we're, we're trying to put not pressure them, but to just kind of get them to relate that they are leaders of the team. No, like you're, you're like you're not waiting on the likes of Jim O'Connor. If I'm already any these anymore, you're the leader. No, it's 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 up to you to make a legacy for yourselves. It's it's kind of what we're putting at them. But hmm. out of the league, yeah. Look, it was the way we played all along. Yeah, like obviously then to lose the final puts a, a tarnish on it. But look, um, someone told me the way we were playing 
we'd be playing no I, I would have been very happy like but obviously without a trophy and even some of the young ones who come on board like so Orlika Helene a, a, a Cork pointer last year she stepped up and she's she's looked at home you know and you've had other young players like that get their chance as well so you must be pretty happy from that point of view very much so look um, unfortunately but at the end of the year we have to kind of look at the panel and um there's a good few changes made and we we brought a kind of come young ones like Aoife Heaney you know, or Callan and there's a another from the Aoife Barrett who like you know she's gonna be a big stay when she like when she gets into this team. I, I don't think there'll be any budget you know. Um maybe more feedback in the cornerback. Like she she's probably one of the more consistent players. She's only twenty, I think, years of age as well. And I, I suppose the four crew shits to us were cruel. Um but there's one of them, um Olivia McAllen. Like I was hoping to bid her and somewhere in the team and leave her there for the league campaign because look, she's a ferocious career ahead of her. So like whatever the lads are doing in, in the underage system is huge, and obviously getting to another Ireland final in the minor is 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 a huge plus for all those people for all the work they're putting in, and it's great for the likes of us. And in me, that's getting these players through. But yeah, look, they've 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 definitely increased the standard in, inside the dressing room, and we we brought two lads in Haley Ryan as well, and 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 Claude Finn from the intermediates as well, and they've certainly you know put their mark in things as well. And look, we, we, as time goes on, we're hoping to get them more game time as well. Cork are missing some very experienced players throughout the league. Obviously, Ashton Thompson missed the full league with her ACL injury, and Katrina Mackey was 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 missing too. What's the, what's the latest update on on those injured players? When you expecting them back? Will will we see them in the championship match? Um, Ashton will be like we're, we're we're hoping to have her for the latter stages of the championship. Um, Katrina should be kind of we're around more weeks than months. Um, we were hoping to have her back in a couple of weeks. Um, Pamela, like that was only her second game this year, now as well, and in, in the league final. So look, if we got everyone and and, and Orla Cohen obviously has been out long term, like you know we need to get game time into her as well. So like we're like we we don't envisage seeing Ashton till the latter stages if we get that far. Um, but the rest of it should be okay, like yeah. And there's no no rest here straight into the Munster Championship this Sunday, Parky Cueve Waterford. It's it's probably a game we're all looking forward to just to put the league final behind, look forward to a brand new competition because we're we're pushing towards the summer now, Munster Championship and then the All Ireland Senior Championship. It's it's not too far down the road either. No, look at it was um fairness to the Camogie Association and to the GA. Um like I suppose there's a more watering affair like that you're playing before the the the, the Harlem match as well. Like you know, to, to give the lads a, a chance to be out there and in, in, in this kind of a setup, it's great. So like like down through the years, the Munster Championship would have been just used as kind of a warm up kind of training matches. Like, but obviously this is adding more to it. And unfortunately, there's a clash no fixtures again next Sunday between the ladies footballers and the Camogie. So look, myself and Shane Renee and are talking there, um, trying to start out an agreement between the both of us, but it's. It's it's just a disgusting kind of a, a, a lit up again note, you know, and like the disappointing thing, I suppose. And and Shane's the first one to admit that is that's whatever we do, there's a likelihood that we're taking two players out of an opportunity playing in a stadium like this and, and, and a match like this. So but we we have to look that this is the way it is. It, it hasn't changed, it's still the same. So we just have to get on with it. But um look, Waterford are flying. They look they're they're probably the most impressive team of the league campaign and the, the scores are putting up. Look, they put it to us to the pinnacle collar collar last year, so we're expecting a very tight match. Um, we just have to kind of we, we've a lot of niggles since the league final. I think we've ten players standing open training there on Saturday, so we just have to see what we have. But um, look, I, I'd be always trying to spin it in the positive side of things. Look, whoever we're missing, it's giving someone else an opportunity to come in. Like they're not there just to make up numbers; or they're they're there to make an impact. And we're, we're hoping that if one or two of them get an opportunity, that they will take it. 
How disappointing is it, Matthew, that here we are, 2023, and again, we're talking about these dual clashes for the players. Like it's it's obviously not fair on the players at all that they're they're having to pick or choose between Camogie and football, and even for the management for yourself and Shane Ronane to have to even have these chats. So like you would you would hope by now we'd have been beyond this, but obviously we're not. Oh, it's 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 a shock, and like and as you said, like you're you're putting the Camogie into a showcase like this next Sunday, and and. Like the, the footballers have to go up to Tipperary. It, it's like I don't I don't know why anyone can't have any cop on, and even if it was the Camogie, like if it was vice versa, if the if the ladies football were playing in in down the park before the cock football match, like I I'd expect us to be moved to the side to accommodate it. Like, but but the, the, there seems to be no cohesion between the two. Like and it's it's like we, we like we we had a, I had a good conversation with the the, the four Jew players in Saturday. Like and and they're happy that we're taking out their hands, and, and like there's no ill effect or. You know, there's it's, there's no consequences of like of of us picking or having to choose players or whatever it is. Like you know, obviously we just have to do this to be right for the camogie and the football. But it's just very disappointing for the players, as I say, to miss out an opportunity like this again. Hopefully, uh, Cork will get the job done in on in Parky Creeve on Sunday against Waterford. And best of luck in the, in the Munster Championship and the All Ireland Championship, Matthew. And thanks for your time as usual. Thanks very much, Karen. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And now, Kieran, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the week as we look forward to what's in this week's Southern Star Sport. So do tell us. To start off, fans of the West Cork League and local soccer will be delighted to hear there's four pages, or five pages actually, of soccer in this week's Southern Star, including a, a brilliant picture on the front page that's well worth checking out. We have two pages on those Beamish Cup semi-finals, like we said earlier, those wins for Dunmanway Town and for Bunratty United. We also have an interview with the Bayer United manager, Dominic Heffernan, after their great promotion from the championship, and they'll be lining out in the Premier Division next season. And Dominic talks about how they'll need to redouble their efforts to make sure they hold their own in the top flight in the West Cork League. And my column this week focuses on how Salan's planning has paid off. This is the Salan team that won a championship league and cup double. And if people listen to this podcast, missed last week's podcast, first off, we forgive you. But second off, you can check it out and listen to our, our interview with Jonathan Milan and Austin Toomey of Salan FC, who are enjoying great times on and off the pitch. But back to this week's Southern Star, we have two pages on the Munster Under-20 football final, including Paulie O'Sullivan's column, where he gives his thoughts on where it all went wrong for the Cork Under-20s against Kerry. We also have an interview with Donald O'Mahony, the Cork Hurling selector, because the Rebels, Pat Ryan's main day, they start off the Munster Senior Hurling Championship campaign at home to Waterford this Sunday at four o'clock. So Donald talks about building a strong Cork panel there um, and what they got out of the league. So that's well worth checking out. Also, we have a very interesting, or it's a great read, actually. Um, Domenico Rugby Club is celebrating 50 years this year. One of their, their, their founding members, Michael Hegarty, has written a lovely piece just about how the club started up back in 1973. And the club are also having a, a celebration um, in a, a, one of the weekends coming up as well to mark their, their first game, which was in April 1973. Sticking with the GA for a second, our feature 
County League game this week was the meeting of Island Rovers and Donnie's at all West Cork clash in Division 3. Island Rovers got their first win on the pitch. They they beat Donnie's in a in, in a in a good local derby. And what was interesting in this game, uh, Dylan, at, at the end of the game, the referee had had it down as a draw. So there was panic in the island camp for a second before he reversed his decision and did um did give it as a two-point win for Ireland, which is what it was. We also have news of the Simcox Cup final, which is on the Clannacilty this Friday night as Skibbering Community School go for back-to-back titles. We also have a very comprehensive county league roundup. Um, and one of the big ones there is Carberry Rangers are off the mark. They got their first win of the campaign. They beat Bell and Colleague last weekend with Dara Hayes getting 2-6. Quickly flying through it else, we have the Rally the Lakes is on this weekend. The Martin Walsh goes through the local competitors who will be heading across the county bounds to test themselves in one of the, the big showpiece rallies of the year. And we also have news of a exciting Clannacilty Golf Club competition that is starting off quite soon. It's going to be a, a singles competition on Friday, on Friday evenings throughout the summer. It's a summer series. So there's that and there's loads more. So well worth checking out on Thursday as usual. Yeah, plenty in there as always. And uh, just outside of sport for a second, I know we're in the, the hallowed halls of the sport podcast here, but the uh, Property West Cork supplement, ever popular Property West Cork supplement will also be in this week's Southern Start. So that's free with the paper. It includes uh, some dream homes, the West Cork rental market, packing for that big move and a whole lot more. And as always, if you're further afield, you're outside of West Cork or you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star e-paper and get the Southern Star on your laptop, tablet or mobile phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie, enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast and thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union. If you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back with you again next week.